Broadcasting from everywhere and nowhere, the Misfit Crew at Southfleet HQ is proud to bring you the Dive Living Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to the Die Living Podcast. Today's special guest, we have Dennis Cheatham, who is my coach, also a long uh, friend and mentor. I can call him my second father, how I like to think about it. I've known him for almost going on 15 years. Um, he actually trained me when I was 6th uh, and 7th and 8th grade, all the way through my high school career, also playing football and soccer, was my club soccer coach, as my goalkeeping coach helped me get ready to make my freshman year of football to go to varsity my, my sophomore year and has, me, has seen me hit the bottom and has seen me climb back up the mountain and still climbing the mountain to this day. Um, it's crazy how we actually get to work and how that full circle has seen him grow from being an athletic trainer to him being a personal trainer for country singers, football play, uh, for football teams. I think it was Tennessee Titans, correct? I could be wrong, Dennis. Yeah. Um, yep. And then all of a sudden, and then also running a gym, which is talent. He'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and now he, you know, he works with multiple level athletes. He has program for a couple games, athletes, reach games, athletes for the CrossFit. He's also has a number of regional level athletes underneath him. Um, and then your overall general fitness athletes and has, you know, has a very huge wealth of knowledge. Um, and I know he does work a little bit with tactical athletes in his area if they do come in, uh, when he does get that chance. Um, but he's, you know, the reason why I brought him on for this podcast is just the knowledge that he contains in his head. And I'm able to still to go him to talk to him with kind of the route we're going. And if everyone knows right now, you've been following me on my Instagram and Facebook and everything like that. I'm training for a triathlon, um, which everyone's really surprised about because I've actually have an endurance background from being in the military. I used to run, ruck, swim, never bike before, but I used to do all that good stuff. And then I would just supplement training with weightlifting, all that good stuff. Then went competitive CrossFit, weightlifting. Now I'm cutting back down to under 200 pounds with Dennis's help along with him helping with my programming and making sure I get to where I'm at. Um, Along, he's been a big help with the life balance in, you know, with how to approach my life and training and work. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with his experiences from where he's been doing, you know, a strength conditioning coach for, you know, almost 25, 30 years. And I could, he's probably even more, but I'm gonna go ahead and let him introduce himself now. So Dennis, the floor is yours. Uh, thanks, George. Um, uh, good to, good to see you and talk with you. Uh, and appreciate the, the, the long intro. Um, yeah, 20 years, 20 plus years in this field. Um, I do, one of the things I do want to say is when you did come to me and you text me and said you wanted to do a a triathlon, I was just, I I had to sit back. (laughs) It was like, wow. Okay. From weightlifting to triathlon. Okay. Well, well, let's give this a shot. Let's see what happens. So yeah, but yeah, uh, 20 years, 20 plus years, long 20 plus years, um, from high school, working with high school athletes and, and middle school athletes like yourself. Um, for all those years, uh, and that was a good intro. That was a good place to start. Uh, my background, uh, my undergrad is biology and chemistry, and I minored in sports medicine, which is athletic training. And then I ended up going and getting a, uh, a master's degree in exercise physiology and health promotions, and then uh, continued on in the strength and conditioning and athletic training world. Um, so, you know, the ups and downs and the learning, uh, I was a technician all those years, you know, when, when we knew each other and you were, we'd come in the training room, I was a technician. Um, most of the coaches that are coming up, they're technicians. They're, they're playing what they're learning. They're putting it together. 
and they're they're giving back out to the masses and and hopefully they're doing it in the right way. So you know that's that's it's it's wonderful to see, especially wonderful to see a student of mine, an athlete, ex athlete of mine that's come back and and where you've reached and where you've gone so far. And uh, you're probably going to continue to climb, and it's nice to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. You know. I know we, we've. I know you're an individualized program, um, and I kind of that's that's kind of the discussion that we were kind of go with. Uh, but the the route that that we've kind of come to this point, um, at least for me, to come to the understanding of the ID model is helps with a lot of imbalances and malfunctions that are going on in the central nervous system and the musculoskeletal system when and and if they if they're not approached and they're not identified and and trained to improve upon and to correct if you go into a group model and you're doing a group model you're just going to kind of keep going that that poor poor cycle It'd be like driving a car on a tire that's not uh, not balanced properly you're always going to have this bump 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 throughout the whole this hitch throughout your entire uh, journey. Um, and sometimes that hitch could, you could have a blowout and then you have an injury that sets you back even further. So with that understanding, and I started noticing that in the group setting, um, you know, my journey with, again, with, with working as an athletic trainer, strength and conditioning, we worked into a lot of teams and we dealt with a lot of teams and those teams were, 15, 18 players, 20 players, 21 players on the soccer field, depending on the, uh, the level from collegiate and to travel. And when you designed a program, it was just a general program. You know, it's just like any, you know, any general program that would be in any group model. It's something put together and there's a group that's going to fit and, and succeed with it. But you're going to have some outliers that are going to, some are going to go beyond and some are going to really achieve and go further. And then you got this large group that sits in the middle. That, that it progresses. Um, and then when, when we worked into the, what we're doing now, uh, found CrossFit back in 2005, 2006, and really dug into it, started peeling the onions back, uh, really liked what, what they were doing with human movement more than anything else. Uh, coming from the education and the, the scholastic end of it, we didn't really talk about a lot of human movement, even though my thesis was in uh, the female soccer kick um, it, it, and we did biomechanics. It didn't, we didn't identify in the classes human movement. I had to learn that stuff through, through research uh, and it, and it stopped there. So when I was introduced to CrossFit and started getting in and peeling the onion back, I really started to learn more about human movement and became it really started to love it more and more and, and started seeing why and learning why individuals when they couldn't move well, they didn't perform well with it. So, you know, we, you know, I've, I've been in, in the field. Um, I had, the, I've had the opportunity, as you said, working with uh, country artist Pat Green, uh, was able to work at a high level and professional level in, uh, in uh, NFL and the uh, Tennessee Titans enjoyed that for a small stint. Um, it wasn't where I was wanting to go. Uh, one of the things that I, I picked up when I was working in San Antonio was in the community that that community. It was 
I really enjoyed getting out and helping beyond what we were doing with you guys. And so there was always this need and this drive to, hey, somebody's got an issue here. Let's go see if we can help them with that. And it kind of grew from there. Um, my wife and I, you know, Tara and I, we, we, we had up to 14 soccer teams at one point training. And it was a lot of work for us. And our journey then, I had a couple of parents from those soccer teams ask us, hey, you want to train us at, at, at lunch at noon? Sure. Trained them. They brought five friends. They brought some more friends. Some left. Some came. And we just, it just kind of organically grew into what, you know, CrossFit Talent eventually became. Um, and I had no clue what, you know, not necessarily no clue what I was doing. I had no clue that, that this was happening. I'm not a businessman. So I would add a class and take a class or, or subtract a class and do this. And people would ask how much. I had no idea any of that. You know, it was no, I just, that was, they didn't, they don't teach you that in school. Yeah, no. And so, you know, it, it was, I gave a lot of service free. Um, it was, it was good. It was a learning experience. Uh, the gym grew and it grew to a point where, you know, we were sitting at about 135 to 150, never really broke that number. I come to find out that's the Dunbar number. Um, do you know what the Dunbar number is? Do you yeah, know no. that? No. Uh, the Dunbar number is a, it's a statistical number that, and it, I'm, I'm assuming the gentleman that came up with it is Dunbar. His name is somewhat Dunbar. But it's the, it's the amount of relationships that one person can have, uh, true relationships a person can have. It's about 130, 135. To 150, 185. Wow. Okay. Um, it sits right in there. So they usually say about 150. So one person can grow a tribe or a community of about 150 individuals. And then after that, it's very difficult because those relationships aren't, the, we're in the relationship business and you can't build them very tight. And kind of the reasons why we would expand to that point and then drop off and expand to that point and drop off and expand back and drop off. And um, from that group setting, it just kind of got frustrating. Uh, there was things that, that I, that I could see was going wrong, uh, individual movement, the human movement that I was really wanting to focus on. We couldn't really dive into, to what was the reason why person A over here has this and person B over here has, has that. Well, we need more time with them. And it just didn't have that time. Their young training age, their biological age, whichever it was. We just didn't have that time with them in that group setting. And so we started, when we had our, when we had our CrossFit classes, uh, we had a two-week foundation program. Uh, most, most boxes have like four days, two weeks. They go back and forth. We went two weeks. We expanded it to a month, um, three to four days per week through the month. And it was still a curriculum base. So uh, classes were about five now in the foundation. Um, but we were still missing a point. There was something that just wasn't wasn't there. We we were we were hitting a nail, but every once in a while we would miss it, and, and it just wouldn't go in. It wouldn't take hold. And um, and over time, it just it, it, for me in trying to improve individuals' human movement, it just it was extremely frustrating. And we would lose some some members, and we'd gain. And again, that Dunbar number kept growing and shutting and growing and shutting. We stayed in that. 150, 135 range, and eventually it was it, it was to the point where I was. We had some ups and downs, uh, business wise. You know, paying coaches at twenty, twenty five dollars an hour, and they don't stay. 
Uh, we were looking at from the business standpoint of how to make it grow. I was working on the other end. So Tara was taking control of the business and I was taking control of the programming and human movement stuff. And it just, it, it, it was really frustrating and it came to a point where it almost closed the door. And I know there's a lot of gym, gym owners that, that are like that, that feel that when, wow, that, that it's not moving the way they want it. They've been in it for three to five years and they're about to close the door. And so I ended up taking a step back and, and evaluating what was going on and started implementing a, um, a little bit different uh, assessment. Uh, we, we, for the group setting, we got involved with Mad Lab, as, as many people know of it, and it, it works. It, 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 it helped our coaches start making a living, um, a better income, because they do add those personal trainings into it. But it gave us an opportunity to improve an individual's issues during the foundations, not in a group. So that was the first kind of, okay, aha moment that, wow, we can, we can do an individual assessment with their intro and really look and start nailing down the problems that this individual has and improve upon it during their foundations. And then when they move into the class, it, it works for them. It improves. It gets better. And they get better quickly. Um, a lot of it has to do with they have young training ages. Uh, you know, most of the people who walk in to do their biological ages is middle age, but they're young training ages. Yeah. And, and they just need repetition upon repetition. And as long as it's a correct repetition and correct in the movement, they'll, it'll come. And so it, it worked, but I wasn't, you know, as an individual, I'm always wanting to strive for better um, as we all are. And it, it was, it just wasn't doing it. Um, and we played with it for about a year and it's still running and it does well. It's doing well itself. And I, I was, I just wanted something better. So I reached out and started communicating with uh, OPEX and, and James and all those guys out in, in Arizona and decided by, to take the CCP course. Yeah, by the way, I think we're going to have Mike OPEX go ahead and jump onto the shooters program for SoftLeap. <laughs> well, cool. <laughs> so that's funny, nice. yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, 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 those guys, you know, off topic here, those guys out there, wow. You go out there and visit and you talk to them and you take the course or you take a course, whichever way you want to go. Um, it just, the knowledge that's out there, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, I, I had a, com a conversation with somebody. It was like, if I could have sold everything, if I was younger and could have sold everything, I'd have moved many years ago if I'd have known what was going on. <laughs> but, you know, that was, that was a direction that, okay, the assessment was exactly the direction it needed. Uh, started looking at it, really diving in, took the course, a year-long course, uh, passed the course, and started really implementing more individual programming. Um, and it, it's, for a lot of people, it, it's, it's kind of, they're not sure of it because it, that's, not, that's not what you see out in, in society. That's not what you see in the public. You got Orange Theory that's huge right now. You have, you know, Barry's boot camps. You got CrossFit affiliates. You have all these group classes that are going on, and it's great. We're getting people out. We're moving, but we're still one of the unhealthiest nations, you know, going on. And we move like crap. A lot of these people move horribly, and they're not being. That movement is just the same pattern over and over and over again from one box or one 
Orange Theory to the next, to one Blueberry Boot Camp to the next, you name it. Yeah. It's still, they're not fixing what's the problem. They're just putting a Band-Aid over the problem. Um, so, you know, that's kind of been my journey to the point where we are now. And, you know, the individual programming, uh, you know, I, I think there's a big way that you're, you're seeing it. Um, I would probably, I'm not a betting man, but I would probably bet about 90% that 90% or more of those games athletes that make it to that level, regional athletes, they're on some individualized program. Yeah. It, it's a strength and conditioning program. And, you know, even CrossFit has to be looked at as strength and conditioning. Um, it's not necessarily constantly varied functional movements, which you see in a box every day. It, it's a strength and conditioning program. Yeah. That's, and that's huge, man. That, that, cause I really look at, you know, when we program for, when I program for softlead and the other coach, Bill is actually, so it's funny, he's gone through the OPEX course. I've gone through the training think tank coaches course. Um, and we actually have a very good blend and mixture of it. And I actually would love to take the OPEX course also just to kind of get another, you know, just on top of that, even though it would probably be a lot of what training think tank went through. Um, but you can never not learn more or never take something for somebody and just continue growing from there. Right. right. Um, and with that being said, you know, we keep going back to movement. And we keep talking about lifestyle and we keep talking about balance. And it's funny is like, cause every single person I've had on this podcast since we started, it has either had to do something with some kind of recovery lifestyle or balance. Um, and it's funny that we keep going back to that because at the same time, at the end of the day, when we talk about optimizing human potential or human movement, right? We look at the smallest movement that athlete to help better the bigger movement. And there's a saying that Joel Jamison uses is micro movement dictates macro movement. Yes. Right. So then, for instance, you know, we have, and, and I'm not saying that we should get away from group program because I think group program is a great thing for the masses who can't, um, who can't really afford the individual programming at the same time. You know, if they're not trying to go to that next level, they're just trying to be fit for what they're doing, especially for softly when all we're really trying to do is make these guys as the best tactical athlete possible. They're not trying to go win some kind of CrossFit games. They're not trying to go win some kind of special sports system or whatever else. Um, but they're just trying to be fit for their life and, you know, and do their get in, get the workout done, get out and go do their job. It's on us now as a coaches to give them that, give them all of that, right? Hey, here's your prehab and your movement work prior to strength and your stamina work. And then here's your cool down. And if we can educate them through that realm in the group setting, it makes it that much better. But now let's say we do get an athlete, like we talked about pre-show was he's injured, right? Let's say he got, um, he got blown up. He got, uh, he got, he got hurt in a, in a jumping accident, you know, something happened in work and now he can't follow that group programming. Well, this is where coaches like ourselves come into play as mm -hmm. a strength conditioning coach, um, to make that, that human be back to where they're at so they can get back onto that group program. Like we we're talking about, which I really think is huge. Um, and for me, you know, when I came on full time, a softly, you know, one of the things was, Hey, we got to kind of cut back on remote programming to kind of give to that, um, you know, which I completely agree. We need to give time to that. At the same time, I love where individual programming is at because you really get to become that much more personal with the athlete. You get to really see and fix that micro movements to make them that much better. And then at the end of the day, the accomplishment of their goals of what you help do for them makes it that much better. Right. And keeps that fire growing. Um, yeah. so I, I think that's huge. And you know, when we talk about individual based programming and the assessments, it's funny because with CrossFit double barrel, when I used to own it, um, you know, and the reason why I use CrossFit double barrel, cause that was my very first gym I owned. That's kind of my experience that I know. 
Um, you know, I opened it up and we were like, all right, let's run these guys through, you know, some assessments and then let's run them through a small group fundamentals class. And then I went, you know, I started hanging out with Caleb Williams and Kelly out of their gym in, in Georgia, who I'm really close friends with and really, you know, like a second family to me also. And they were using the Mad Labs motto and they were using assessments, all that good stuff. And it was something that I was like, I, wanted, I really wanted to, you know, what I look at it is like, if you can make others successful, you're doing, you're doing your job also. And that was my goal at the end of the day was to make sure those coaches in that gym were very successful um, and be able to feed their family. So my goal at the end of the day was to be able to provide for their families because then I'll be able to provide for my family. Yep. Right. It kind of the mindset I was at. So it was like, all right, how do I make these coaches the best coaches possible? Yes. We need to start doing individual program. We need to start making the group programming work and kind of like, you know, let go of it there. And it really, I really end up seeing how well the assessments of each athlete went and then seeing them jump into the group programming. And it was like, wow, these guys are, you know, just through the assessments and one-on-ones for a little bit, for a few sessions and going to group programming, like we talked about pre-show their growth, was just phenomenal yeah right and and it's because we fixed the small things that you know that we could fix and have control of and then all right hey we've taught you stuff we've done this we've done that now go and utilize it yourself um and that's kind of the same approach i take with softly now especially with working i mean we have over like i I don't even know the number but it's up there with how many athletes follow our programming from the strength program to the stamina program you know be able to make this you know be able to be on this platform and help these many athletes out I really approach this group programming and I try and throw in as much of the individual aspect I give my individual athletes to the masses now and be like, Hey, look, are you focusing on sleep? Are you focusing on balance of your life? Are you eating properly? You know, or, you know, we talking about breathing like crazy right now. I know me and you are going <laughs> right. Right. We talked about not trying to dig a hole too deep. We just want to kind of learn about the surface of it so we can utilize it the right way to help the athletes out. And especially the tactical athlete. I mean, I know we talked about this podcast after Rob Wilson about how everyone's always at a 10. And it's not just the tactical athlete, you know, we have those athletes out there and that's where we really believe like, okay, cool. Like this is where the individual programming comes in also and be like, Hey, look, we're pulling you off group because you're way too, you're, you're going too hard right now. We need to kind of control the intensity and the volume to help get you back to a state where you can actually get back in and hit what you need to do. Um, and I feel like a lot of that's where it's going. And that's, you know, our, this podcast is completely different than what we've usually done, you know, talking individual programming, group programming. Which leads me to the next thing is like when you're writing your individual programming for multiple different athletes, because it's legit specifically individualized for that athlete, and then you have your group program, you know, and you have a template, how do you approach the two, the two different ones without kind of getting blended in by accident or making it, trying to avoid the bounce of each other? Um, I, you know, I've done a pretty good job with, with keeping them separate. Um, you know, every time I sit and do individual work, like I just, I was working on yours, you know, I have, I, I just picture what's going on with the bigger, the scheme, the, the larger picture of, okay, he's training for this. we know the date is, he's this, I started from that date and I went backwards with it. And then it was, you know, to the day that we just, we discussed it and said, okay, next week we start. And I just kind of went backwards to that point and then filled all the, fill the spaces in. Um, from the group programming, um, it's just kind of run like an eight day cycle. So every eight days you may back, you'll back squat, um, that back squats progression. There's a progression to it. Maybe, you know, a, a six to eight week progression through the, that, those eight days, um, with those eight days, but it's still, it's a progressive program. Um, putting them together, you know, I, I've, I've had individuals that, 
hey, I want to do a group class. And usually what, you know, I have two individual ID models, individual program individuals right now that um, I leave Saturday open for them. They like, they like the group stuff. Uh, and most Saturday, most Saturday uh, workouts in most affiliates is like a, a community workout. So they can go in the community, they can go work out, they see their friends work out with their friends and they, they really enjoy it and I leave that up to them. So, you know, for me blending an individual into that, you know, that, that's, that's part of that balance that they're looking for, you know, and, they, and, and that's what they're wanting. And we're trying to, we're trying to meet and compromise at some point uh, to, to create a better environment, better uh, training environment for those individuals. Um, I know that, you know, the, you've talked about lifestyle and balance, and, and for me, one of the big aha moments for years, especially the nutrition in, for years, I was, I was just, I couldn't figure out why, you know, I'd work with people with just the nutrition and trying to figure out and put a nail on why can't these people, why, what, what don't they understand? What is going wrong? What, they just can't stick with it. It, it, it. They'll do two weeks and drop, and two weeks and drop, or a week and drop, four weeks and drop, you name it. I just couldn't figure it out. And then there was an aha moment where it was, they have no life balance. Their life is chaotic. And that's, that's why their food intake and their nutrition is chaotic. Yeah. It, they don't have this balance in their life. Well, started sitting down, especially, you know, learning through, through OPEX and sitting with, you know, with individuals and just the initial first thing out of their mouth when we do through a consultation is nothing about programming, nothing about, anything uh, related to what what we're doing right then it was more of you know how's your wife how's your kids how's food what are we eating you know how's your, are you chewing your food you know and, and and really diving into the person and getting to understand why the person is doing what they're doing once we started figuring out those issues and really working correcting those issues i started seeing them being able to adhere to a program two weeks longer, four weeks longer, and then they're very successful with it. And it's just that, 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 that lifestyle, that balance, um, you know, and, and then they're, they're running with it, you know? So it's, it, it's, it's an interesting thing how if, if your life is chaotic, um, yeah, you're, you're going to, you're, everything else is going to be chaotic in it. Yeah. And so the, to your audience, you know, reminds me of, you know, I've worked with a few. I've, I've got two boys that went to uh, their Navy SEALs. One's, uh, I think, SEAL Team 4. Um, and I'm not sure where the other one is. I have one young man that was in Air Force. Uh, he's in uh, the Pararescue Air Force. Nice. Um, you know, I've worked with these guys. Uh, and, I, and what I see from there, even with them, was fixing the issues that they had individually and then slowly moving them back into a group setting because they're going to work with their team. Yeah. So, you know, in the teams that you guys have in, in, in your, in, in the, in the, the tactical world individually, if those guys can, can find somebody that works with them individually, that, that can hit the things that are needed at that moment that they're missing from balance to stability to, you know, even life balance and nutrition, uh, they're not getting sleep, anything like that. And then slowly put them back into that environment. That's a little bit more intense, a little bit more group environment. They need that camaraderie. They need that, that team building. Yeah. 
it, that's the route to go. And finding that right measure and that right, right dose response so that when they do get back in, they're successful and they're not holding the team back. That's I mean, from, from a tactical uh, coach, from a coach that's working tactic, with tactical athletes. I think that's the big thing because when you do implement somebody back into the group setting, you know, I know from a rehab standpoint, you know, I'd have somebody with an ACL. We work with them, work with them. They're ready to go. They've been training with nothing for almost a year plus, and we put them back in, and they're just still – it's just that they're not hitting that mark. It's a little bit slow, and it takes them a while to get into it. You have to find that right dose response to, to put them back into the team so that the team doesn't suffer with it. Yeah. And everybody, especially, you know, in y'all's end, you know, if they're going back into the in, 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 into a uh, high intense area and they're going to start fighting again. Yeah. You, you, everybody better be on their, on their toes. Yeah, definitely. And that's funny. We talk about that. Cause like I was actually having this conversation with, uh, with Bill actually the other day was we were talking about how a lot of guys are actually emailing us right now. And the first question they're asking is like, what's the best program for me? At the same time, um, there was another big question that we're getting. Hey, I just got done with, you know, injuries. What's the best program to come on to? Another one is, you know, hey, what nutrition program do you best recommend? And our questions back to them, because there's never an answer right away. I never no. give an answer. <laughs> I never give them an answer. My first question is, what is your lifestyle like? How are you eating? How are you sleeping? Um, how long have you been out of the, how long have you been out from training or, you know, how long you've been out of the, like, have you been re re like released to train again? Um, the nutrition one is always like, Hey, you know, what's life outside of the gym and what is life, you know, for work? Because I tell you what, my nutrition when I was an instructor at the recon school was dip, uh, <laughs> dip monsters, Snickers, um, and pretty much anything I get my hands on beef jerky and burritos from right down the road because I was always on the go because my life was yeah. so chaotic from, you know, training myself to training the students to teaching classes to walking patrols. Um, so it was really cool that, you know, when all of us come together and we're like, all right. And, and I don't know if you heard the podcast with, uh, with Brent, with power athlete, with uh, John Wellborn and them, um, we're bringing on nutrition we're bringing on a dietitian right now. And we all sat down at a round table recently and we were like, you know, what are some of the things that we missed and we wanted when we were operating? right? Well, we know that we have to try and give 90, 90 minute training sessions or a little bit longer than that. We want to fix, we need to make sure we have a well-rounded athlete from not just a strength base, but an, an endurance and aerobic and an A-lacted, uh, especially A-lacted side of things and energy systems because of the fact of there's going to be times where I got to do, I got to shoot and then I got to sprint, get down and get a knee behind cover, get back up and be able to shoot again. So oh, I'm yeah. still putting out power output. So we, we're taking care of that end, but we were missing nutrition. Everyone's been coming to us. You know, last week I talked about, you know, we have guys following RP strength. I wrote an article about nutrition, um, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, guys are still following. Now we're bringing on a dietitian to actually add into the athlete's lifestyle, you know, and what we're pushing to them now is like, Hey, look, we're trying to make this as simple as possible for you guys. Cause we already know this is what's going on. Right. And like when everyone, everyone asks us, what is the difference between you seal fit military athlete, Jim Jones? And I think a lot of it comes down to is the, is the, is the balance of life movement, volume and intensity, and then throwing in nutrition at the same time. And I know a lot of these companies do it, but at the same time, I don't mean to call them out cause I'm not trying to, what I'm just trying to explain is the fact that, you know, 
we're actually guys that, you know, have been in there and lived it and understand where we want to be at and how these guys need to operate. And like I said, obviously those companies have been doing really well. They're still doing really well. Um, we're just trying to, you know, we're bringing new things to the table and evolving at all times so that we can make the best tactical athlete at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, and it comes back to you at the same time with your gym and the athletes you've grown from the bottom up. We know for me, example, like, you know, you know, my training age, you know what I've been through, you know, my training from when I was 12 years old or 13 years old to where I'm now. Right. And, and it's a real a huge reason with how I'm increasing better. You know, I'm running again, I'm swimming again, I'm, you know, I'm doing a whole bunch of things I didn't do before. Um, and it's because of the, of the, of the right approach that we are taking right now. Oh yeah. Um, with that life balance. And that's what, you know, we really explain to the tactical athlete and really want them to understand that it's not always about, you know, just being balls deep at a 10 and then all of a sudden never coming back down because you, there's no need to be there when we wouldn't have longevity. And I think that's where the individual programming comes in and the group programming especially having to control the group programming. And I know I like the way you talked about the eight day kind of cycle of everything. And that's kind of how I program. Well, that's how I do program for the, for soft lead also. But we talked about pre-show where I utilize a three to one pendulum, right? I make sure to overreach the team on the third week and then we deload on the fourth week. Um, because of the fact I can't control, I don't know everyone's training age off the top of my head. I'm getting close to everyone because of the team room and all that group stuff. But what I did learn was that I can actually handle and deload the team the third week or, you know, deload that team the fourth week and overreach them on that third. And sometimes I even go deload the third week and then, and then start back up on the fourth week because some athletes just can't handle going four weeks hard and then a deload on the fifth. Yeah. Um, knowing your athlete and knowing your athletes is, is extremely important. I think that's, and that, and again, we're in the relationship business. Yep. Uh, and that relationship is, is, is extremely important. Um, especially for individuals that are at the high level or trying to, you know, some of these, some of the guys that you guys work with, you know, they're, they're at the high level and for a tactical athlete, they're going and they're, they're, you know, they have to be on the ready. Yep. And so, you know, knowing them and getting to know them and having a relationship with them, you will, their program and they will, they will succeed and, and, and reach farther because of that relationship. Um, it, you know, you want to call it a buy-in it's a buy-in. Yeah, uh, it, it is. And, and you, and that is, that that's vital. It, it's, it's a relationship. It's just like a, you develop a relationship with your, your platoon sergeant, yeah. uh, you know, and then your commander, you have that relationship and you, tr you have that trust in them and that they're looking out for you as well as the, the entire, you know, project that's going on so you know that relationship's very very important you know our relationship it was when we sat down and you called and we were talking it was about balance um and and finding that life balance again finding the things that you enjoy doing um and, and integrating those things and to make that program fun again yes. because it, it does have to be fun because the shitty shit shit is going to come sooner or later and if you're doing shitty shit shit all the time, you're, you're almost, you know, it's, it's, it's almost somebody snaps their finger and you're jumping out of the seat. You know, you, you're on edge every time because you, you, you can't settle down. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, and then I like how you put it where if somebody in that group setting or the team is just really outwired and they, they're, they're just beyond 
what's going on. You have to pull them down, pull them out, set them down, let them calm down using many techniques, breathing or just, you know, time off for them to recharge so that they can get back in and be a, a successful member of the team again. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I mean, very, very important about that. Yeah. It's crazy. We talk about relationships, dude. It's funny. It's like, and, and another reason why I think that we're doing such well, you know, we're, cause if you look at softly, we're only two and a half years old. Um, you know, and everyone's like, how are you guys doing so well? And we don't consider ourselves doing so well just because we're very humble about what we're doing. We're continuing growing. And I think it's a, I think it's a relationships. And I don't think I know it is a relationships that we hold with every member or everyone that comes out and talks to us. Cause you know, one thing I have learned doing the individual programming in the group setting is, you know, especially being an instructor working with multiple athletes in, in that realm is you're going to have the athletes who are super like quiet, don't say anything, just get the work done and that is it. And then you're going to have the athletes who really come in and need the, need the affirmation and need like the confidence booster to talk to you and, and, and Hey, look, this was going on. And we're very open to talk to Like you can reach me anytime you want. Like that's how softly, like you want to hit me up. There's a team room we have for softly team room. You want to talk to me, go through Instagram. Like you need to email me, email me. Like you can get a hold of me mostly. And that's what happens, right? I mean, there's times where I'll look on my phone the next day and I'll have 11 requests of direct messages from random people who are following my Instagram and following softly, following the programming. And the first thing they talk to us, and I'll use an example. I just had someone do it this morning was, I'm not going to say his name, but he goes, hey, I'm not sure if you read these, but I want to let you know how grateful I am for the content you're putting out. After reading all your stuff, breathing movement, it inspired me to work and start working with a movement coach. Been rolling, smashing, a foam rolling for a couple of years. No real improvement, just a couple of breathing work and already producing sustainable results with injuries and has inspired me to, again, pursue my dreams. So right there with That's just cool. It, right? Yeah. And it's not even like he, he then he threw in something else, which really made, um, it really went in talking about like his lifestyle. He goes between injuries and losing brotherhood of being in the soft community. And that's a whole nother topic we can talk about. I actually do a podcast with, we'll do one later on with Brett and all those guys about this, but losing that, that brotherhood coming out of the Marine Corps or coming out of the soft community, it's, it's a detriment to the, to the, to our mindset, to our psyche. Um, and it really puts us in a very, very bad spot. Right. And he goes, you know, the, you know, battle a lot of addictions, you know, leaving the military and the VA has done nothing but want to prescribe more meds um, between the podcasts, other programming, informational articles, some, and then, you know, what we're giving to these, everyone is having a huge impact on their life. Yeah. I mean, and like, I don't need to say anything. I don't need to promote that. That right there just lets you know, like what we're doing for the, for the human being for longevity. Right. Like, and that's not the first time I've heard that stuff, but that like hits me. It's all, hits home for me. Everyone asks me, it's like, why do you do what you do? And the same thing with you. Why do you do what you do? Right? Like you do what you do to see like things like, you know, see the smile and the, and the accomplishment makes you that much more. And I like to say that I get, in, I only, I'm inspired by being, by the inspiration and the, and the inspiration of the athlete. So the athlete is inspired to do something. I use that same fire and just light my fire even more because it makes us that much more better. And the same reason for softly, like all these athletes who are following it and making such a, and we're making such a huge impact on such a small level is just an amazing, is amazing. Right. And that's the reason why I thought this, this podcast with me and you about group programming, individual programming was huge for us because of the connection that we do have, um, from the growth from, you know, when I was 12 years old to where we are now and it's not over yet. And I think it's only getting better. Um, yeah. you know, so it's, 
you know, coming down to that now and we'll talk, you know, asking you about this, like that's that inspiration, you know, what really drives you to continue doing the individual program in the group setting aspect of things? Well, I, for me, it's always been the seeing an individual improve. When I was an athletic trainer and getting somebody from an ACL, shoulder, you name it, back on the field, back in the, in the arena that they're, they're from, uh, and playing at the level that they were used to playing at, you know, years ago, that was, that was the drive. You know, it, w- it was, you know, in San Antonio, uh, one of the doctors that I worked with, uh, Bud Curtis, um, he was talking with our uh, department head, and he's like, you know, Dennis Cheatham, you know, he was letting him know that, that I was a rehab monster. My athletes came back stronger. They came back faster. They were better for the things that I was implementing that I was continually wanting to learn because I wanted to make sure the athlete was able to perform the way they were before they were hurt. Yeah. You know, and so in the community and started getting to know the the parents of those players and, and, you know, if if people, if they're not from San Antonio, I know you are and, and that community, it's just a loving community. Yeah. And started, you know, I'd have people walk in off the street. There was a parent that, you know, they didn't have insurance. They needed a, they fell and needed to be looked at. And my nickname was Doc. And it was, you, you take care of the person. And I started getting that fire of wanting to really reach out beyond what I was doing there. Um, and, and then I had the opportunity, you know, when I moved and, and went, to, went back to Nashville and had the opportunity to work with, with the Titans for a season and, and work with Baptist Sports Medicine and, and really learned a lot from that group and realized that that was not the direction that I wanted to go to. Um, and I, there was that flame was still burning, but it wasn't being ignited at full potential in that setting. And that was when I just kind of, okay, got to figure it out. Got to put a, you know, put a halt on this and reverse and uh, determine how to get out there, how to really implement what I know and what I'm learning to, to really reach and improve individual individuals and their movement so they can get better so we're just trying to create better humans yeah overall it, it whether you're a, an athlete tactical athlete or you know a soccer mom or a, a businessman all we're trying to do is make a better human being yeah one that one that's going to have longevity one that's going to be healthy one that's going to live longer and not put a strain on society on the other end from all the medical needs that are that, that go on you know, I mean, that's, that's just the ultimate goal. Yeah, we, we work with high end and we like to work with high end. But for, for me to see the individual that, that's been struggling to get in and out of a chair and they're, they're finally able to do that, yeah, that, that, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So, you know, that's, what it, that, that's how I get going and, and, and enjoy the moment and, and live on. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's funny is like, you know, I think what really had me have my eyes, like my eyes open to all this was my last deployment to Afghanistan in 2010. Um, you know, we were called the Black Diamonds um, and everyone probably listening, you heard of us in 2010 in Sanging and in Trek Now, you guys knew who the, who the Black Diamonds were. It was, you know, Charlie Company and Bravo Company of First Recon and Force Company of, of First Recon Battalion. And, you know, we were the first company in that whole Afghan Enduring Freedom deployment or like time frame where we had no KIAs. Wow. I mean, we, we had some wounded in action. We had no KIAs and, and you know, we don't talk much about it. We kind of keep it on the download, but it's something they'd be very proud of, right? Like, you know, we have a couple, you know, 
you know, we have a buddy, Todd Love, who lost, you know, both his legs and an arm. You know, we have another corpsman who also lost. So we got a couple guys that just, you know, just got injured, you know. And I and everyone's asked is like, what what was the difference of keeping your guys' you know, not getting killed, but some got wounded. And it was taking care of the brother to the left and right of us, right? And making sure we took care of them. Not worrying about me, worrying about the left and right of me because if I was taking care of them, guess what they're doing for me now? They're taking care of the guy left and the right of them also. And, you know, and it's really how I approach this with group programming and individual programming as a strength conditioning coach. And a lot of people are like, well, you don't have a CSCS, like you can't call yourself a strength conditioning coach. Yeah, that's might be true, and we'll go human performance. Um, but I, yeah, I don't have the practical like book knowledge stuff. But I've, I've been in the field, I've, I, and I'm still doing just as much as those guys are. And at the end of the day, I look at it like I need to take care of these left and right of me, whoever they are, to make sure that they reach their potential. Because at the end of the day, they're going to be that much better. And if that means they're going to take care of me, which they will, right? Like at the end of the day, that's it. Um, and we talked about this with Dr. Andy Gap, and we haven't had a drop yet. Um, well, we talked about artificial intelligence coming up soon about how it's <laughs> going to take over the world and human beings are going to self be self like have no idea how to take care of themselves. And, uh, you know, it's a scary feeling, right? It's a scary thought to think about that, how technology and all that stuff is coming to play, but it goes into the same thing. Now it's like, all right, you know, let's teach these, let's teach these human beings how to be self sufficient, how to train themselves, how to move properly, how to get up and down from a chair how to low crawl, how to like jump over a fence or a wall, um, you know, or just be strong enough to do those kind of things. So at least give them some kind of help so they can help themselves when the time comes. Yes. Like that, that's all it is at the end of the day. And, you know, and, and I, I think that, you know, I've gotten very lucky that I've been blessed with, with the coaches that I've been coming up through from when I was a kid. I mean, I had you, Coach Benitez, remember Coach Benitez? Like, oh yeah, he might have not been the greatest soccer coach, but they, did he fucking love us? <laughs> did he, and, and I think that's what. And it wasn't just because of talent on the team, but it was the relationship he built with the team that really held us together. Oh yeah, you know, um, and he he's dead now. He passed away, you know, and you know, God rest his soul. But you know, and he, I think he had one of the biggest funerals that you know that you know people went to. I didn't get to go to it, but you know, coaches like that. And then mentors in the, in the military, you know, people who really raised me to come up to where I came from to, you know, having coaches now, Steve Gavin, Coach Bergner, um, you know, Chad, you know, or uh, Caleb Williams, yourself, um, you know, guys from training think tank that, you know, I still look up to and talk to all the time, you know, really close with them. Um, and just all these people who have actually instilled the same ideas as we are trying to push out now still to this day. And it's funny is like, you know, we have a saying as a recon Marine is we're jack of all trades, master of none. Right. That's all I'm trying. So I take this profession as the same exact way. I don't need to be a master in every single thing, but I need to be efficient to be able to teach every single thing that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you know, as a coach, you know, when you go into coaching, it's almost like teaching. Yep. Um, you know, you, I, I see, I see the relationship between both. Um, when you when you go into coaching, it doesn't matter what cert, you don't have to have certifications behind you to still be considered a coach. You it, it's it's the passion to and the and the drive and, and the inspiration and the love to be able to help somebody else achieve something better. And you know you can coach somebody in piano, you can coach somebody in soccer, you can coach somebody in shooting a gun, you can coach somebody in shooting a basketball. You're if 
if you approach it in that way and those, there's individuals that are out there that do that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for those individuals as a coach that inspire, that, that wants you to get better. They want to see you in 20, 30 years, you have that relationship that's 30, 40, 50 years down the road that is a relationship. Um, it's, and that's what a coach is. There's a lot of people out there that call themselves coaches and you, you, you go and you talk to them and you, you see them coach and you're just like, really, are you a coach? <laughs> just the way their mannerism is and the way they, they, they interact or lack of interaction between their athletes or whatever. And then you meet individuals that are real coaches that man it like, like coach Benitez. Um, he wasn't a soccer coach. No, he had no soccer background whatsoever. But he came together and brought a bunch of kids together and did the best job he could and created a relationship between him and the, the team that everybody loved him. Yeah. And so, you know, you don't, you don't have to be, you know, have all these certifications behind you to be a coach, you know, just like teaching, you know, I'm, I'm not a teacher and I homeschool my daughter and I'm, I love the process. I get to see her grow. And that's a, you know, that lights another fire under me to go, Hey, what's the next subject? What are we going to tackle next? So, you know, you, I know that you, you made that comment just so you know that it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're, you're a coach. You want to see your soldiers successful. That's a coach. Yeah. And that's what, you know, even when you, you know, for people that think about individual design, you go get to know the individual, sit down in a 30 minute, an hour consult, get to know them. Are there things about them that are clicking? Do you guys click? Do you guys mesh? Is yeah. there certain things that, that, that resonate between the two of you? If not, move on and find somebody else. If it does, I mean, you may have a relationship that could last for years. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's huge. You know, like I said, I've, I have athletes who have been with me now. We'll talk about, for instance, when we're talking about like the relationship aspect of all this, you know, I'll use the Bear Republic team. We've talked about this back and forth. And, yes, they are not going to the games. We did have someone pop for, <laughs> <laughs> for a pre-workout. Oh, well. I, you know, I had a lot of other coaches in the area and other people saying, like, hey, you sure you can push this team to the games? You know, a couple of them are following a couple another program. Then you have two girls that are on your programming. How are you going to make it work? And it really is sickly. It took – three to four weeks to really kind of get comfortable with the other members in the team before I could. And that was me being there every weekend, yeah. right? Like during the week, it was their individual stuff. And the weekend we came together as a team and it didn't matter what program they're on. And like I said, it doesn't matter what program they're on, who they're following. I was there keeping an eye on them, bringing them together and building the camaraderie and leading them to, to a combat to reach their goals. Right. And, and it was all about the buy-in, the trust and relationship with everyone. And even to this day after all this has happened, everyone's still super close and we're super, super close, right? Because you have gone through such a huge experience with each other that you built that trust and that relationship with one another. And I yep. feel like that is how you also build that relationship for long-term stuff. I mean, like I said, I just, you know, we can talk about losing athletes and picking athletes up again and losing athletes and picking them back up. You know, I remember my first time losing an athlete, I freaked out. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, I'm the worst <laughs> coach in the world. Like, I shouldn't be losing. And had a mentor of mine tell me, Coach B, actually, Coach Bergner, he goes, you know how many athletes I've lost in my time career coaching? And I'm like, I don't know, none. He's like, I've probably lost over 500. He's like, you know how many I've made an impact on? 
he's like 50. And I was like, wow, yeah. that, that right there, I was like, all right. So it made me change my mindset being in this industry. It was like, you can't please everybody, but you're going to connect with those ones and twos and you're going to help them reach places they've never gone before. Yep. Right. And th that's a dime a dozen, but you have to be okay with the other ones that you're going through and doing your best with them. And if they just don't believe in what you're doing or you don't believe what they're doing or just didn't work well, it happens. It's okay. Right. Um, and that's how I see the softly, you know, with us with softly, we're making such a huge impact and we're building these relationships with so many and we're being relatable. We can relate to these guys, right. To help build this relationship at the end of the day. And yeah. I think that's another big thing too, is the key, the word relate, right? We can relate to everything that everyone's going through. <laughs> yes. Uh, relating, you know, that's, you know, as I said earlier, you know, I've worked with some, some tactical athletes, you know, I've got a couple that went Navy SEAL, I got one that went uh, Air Force uh, pararescue, but I, I wasn't military. Um, I went to military school growing up, but never, never, never signed in and signed up for it. Was always a team player, played athletics, you know, all my life, football, soccer, soccer was my sport. Um, and I, that's why I relate with those athletes. Uh, you guys in the audience that you're, 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 you're in your, in the audience that you have, you guys relate to them. It's not, not like, you know, you're, you're not, you're not a soldier or weren't a soldier and you're trying to push out this information to them. It's coming from a soldier. You've been there. You know exactly what, how it feels, what you've been through. And they have that relationship. That's already that, that thing that resonates with them. And you can, can now you can reach and what your guys are doing now is you're reaching in further out. That web is slowly, slowly growing and you're capturing, capturing more and more and more. It's awesome. Yeah, no, you know, another big thing too, is we get all, and I want to kind of pick your brain on and like kind of ask those is we get asked like, Hey, like what books should I read for mental toughness? What books should I read to just help my psyche to have that growth mindset? Um, and you know, pushing the book aspect is something, you know, I know you read a lot. I know that yeah. for a fact. And now, you know, I'm starting to read a lot more. Um, like I said, you know, I've, I've tried to read a book once a book every month. Um, it would love to try and do two books a month, but uh, I don't think I can read that fast. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love two bucks a month. I'm lucky to get through a, a book a month. Just there's just so much running a business and everything. But yeah, yeah, it's it's. I like I enjoy reading. I love it. It's it's a way to calm the mind. I do it before bed, um, and and with that I breathe before bed, so that you know I'm I'm mindful about what I'm doing at that moment. I'm in the book. I'm not. My brain isn't racing somewhere else. Um, current book I'm reading is The Oxygen Advantage. Yeah. Uh, that one right now. Um, and I brought on the, on the trip. I'm out of Madison for the, the CrossFit Games right now. But I brought Lights Out, which is a, the importance of getting sun, okay. the importance of light, and the importance of shutting down and not getting light. And what, you're, you know, what happens hormonally from a... Uh, uh, your melatonin and your cortisol levels uh, from the rhythm that we have with the sun and the, the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun. Um, and hopefully I can get to that before I leave here. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I'm right now. I, I finished the auction advantage and uh, I, I try and I, I try and have my head in the books with different things. And right now I'm reading that unplugged book um, from Brian McKenzie and uh, Dr. Andy Galpin. And the book's amazing. I mean, it's actually changed the kind of the ways I do things now. Um, you know, like I was telling you, like I shower outside sometimes with the water hose, yeah. just whatever <laughs> else. Um, you know, I actually leave my door open now at nighttime. Uh, so when I go to bed, I'm waking up to the natural light of the sun instead of like my alarm. So, yeah. you know, I have that luxury, you know, to do that. So, you know, the past couple of nights or mornings I've slept until seven cause it's, it's been overclassed. There's times where I wake up at five or six 30 and I'm like, all right, cool. It's time to get up for the day. Um, yeah. but you know, we, we're talking about these different types of recovery methods, right? reading a book, breathing, um, getting sunlight, calming down. Do not, do not watch TV before bed, use blue light, all those crazy things and all the other good stuff. And like, you know, I'm really enjoying the way the podcast is going. We've kind of gone from the individual to group now kind of talking with building relationships with everyone. So now like, all right, how do we build this recovery on the back end after all of it has come full circle? Right. Cause like I said, you know, this is just a, a circle that keeps going around in circles and we, and all it is, is just a revolving circle. And that's pretty much what it is, is as a human, we're evolving at all times, but we're on this circle that I feel that we're just never stopping on, um, that you always hit. And, you know, everyone wakes up in the morning, everyone eats breakfast, everyone should be training or doing something, goes to work, goes to trains or eats or whatever else comes home, you know, does those things. Everyone's kind of on the same cycle, but how do you actually really take advantage of that full day, you know, with the recovery as it all? Well, I think, you know, recovery is huge. And I think um, it was your last, it was either the last podcast you did or the one before that where um, I think it was a gentleman before that at the Air Force Base or I, there was planes going over. There. Oh, yeah, Rob, Rob Wilson. Yeah. Um, where he said that, you know, if he's talking to somebody and they're just, they're really stressed and the, you can tell they've been going, going, going and they want to continue to go. And he's like, no, just go to sleep. Sleep's the best thing. Yeah you're going to recover um, if you can shut your mind down. And, and it's, it's, it's using the methods that you guys teach and we teach and, and good coaches teach of breathing, being mindful, um, you know, really settling and getting, when the sun's going down, you're getting ready to go down. Uh, you know, and then, and then, you know, right after sundown, you're asleep. You wake up when the sun comes up. And, and it's, 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 it's healthy for that. You, you need it. That rhythm, there's a reason for that rhythm. Your cortisol is based off the, 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 when, when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down. So if you understand the cortisol and the cortisol curve through the day and how melatonin drops as cortisol rises in the day, optimal time to really get the most amount of work done is probably somewhere between that 10 to maybe 2 in the, 10 in the morning to 2 in the afternoon because you have that largest amount of cortisol running around. Um, and then it starts to drop and drop off. You know, I have a lot of conversations with our members that come in at six and seven o'clock at night and train. And I'm like, do you not realize that you're, you're going to give yourself a cortisol spike today and you're going to struggle trying to get to sleep. It's okay every once in a while, but it's not good all the time because now you're disrupting the sleep pattern. Yeah. Your melatonin pattern. And now you're losing that rhythm and your life is going to start going out of balance because you're going to go off. You're going to, you're going to start to shorten your sleep pattern or change the sleep pattern at some point. 
So, you know, you know, as, as Rob Wilson said, sleep is really probably the best recovery. Mm -hmm. Get to sleep. If you struggle with that, look into breathing, look into some form of meditation. I was reading and it was in the, I think it was the oxygen advantage. They were talking about how the yogis use, you know, how yogas, they do humming. There's mm -hmm. some that do humming and that how humming creates an O2 through nasal in the back of the, in the back of the uh, throat and the nasal passage, this, the, the NO. Yeah. And so it creates this through humming. They had no idea what they were doing. They didn't know the science behind it when they came up with this, but they understood the, the physical feeling that they got from it. They could see it. They, they felt it. They were mindful about what was happening to them in that experience and then handed it down. Yeah. So, you know, taking those things and, and, and really being mindful about what you're doing to help recover. Go, oh, I need to recover and you go and do it. That's just like uh, I go to a group class and jump in and I don't really care what's going on. I'm just moving and I'm doing this stuff here and there and, and I'm going to leave. Well, yeah, okay, but you weren't mindful about it. No, you weren't being present in the moment. You weren't. And your squat's not going to get any better. Your, your, your technique isn't going to improve whatever you're working on is not going to get any better because you're not in the moment. You're not mindful about it. So, you know, and that requires recovery requires that. And I, and I feel that that, that would be a good way to, if you, if you have athletes that are trying to figure ways to recover, those are a lot of the methods. Yeah. Um, the biggest one is be mindful about what you're doing. Breathe, read, meditate, yoga, whatever it is, but really be in the moment. Yeah, it's funny you talked about having the athletes train in the evening times because we do have a lot of athletes who follow the programming who are on different schedules. So we have athletes who are at nighttime during the mornings or work 48 to 72 hours and then come in and train. Um, and we actually just changed our pre-workout supplement ingredients from having caffeine in it. We took the caffeine out and put in, it's called, a called teocrine, um, which is pretty much not, it has kind of the same effects as caffeine, but without caffeine. Got gives it. you the mental clarity, kind of gives you that push a little bit, but doesn't have that drop off like you would have or keep that high like you would have keeping caffeine in your system. Yeah. Um, because the caffeine does stay in your system for three to four hours before it actually flushes out of the system, before you can really go to sleep, depending on how well the athlete metabolism metabolizes the caffeine, um, some faster, some slower. And there's actually research saying there's no such thing as fast and slow, but whatever. Um, but we actually are utilizing that pre-workout now for everybody and everyone actually is taking we're trying to make them understand why we're doing it and it's because of that fact right there like if you're training six seven o'clock eight o'clock at night and you take a pre-workout that has a caffeine stimulant in it guess what happens now you're going to keep your body in a high sympathetic state for the next six hours probably and not be able to go to bed when you need to yeah right and what we're trying to do again like i said all we're trying to do is produce the best athlete possible and the best product possible so let's take out the caffeine. Let's put another sub, another ingredient that's cleaner that doesn't have those effects and still lets you train at six, seven o'clock at night. You go ahead, do your recovery, do your breathing. And now you're able to go to bed after you just trained two or three hours before that. Um, you know, and I'm actually using it now. So I have one, I have the old stuff and I have the new stuff. And like I said, you know, with me doing two a days right now, I'll train in the mornings and then I'll go in the evening times and train from like three to four, you know, three to five, five fifteen, depending. I do take my time now cause I don't have to rush all the time, but I realize that I'm actually able to go to bed still at 9.30, 9 o'clock at night if I really want to with not utilizing so much caffeine in my system. Cool. Um, 
you know, so it comes down to like really understanding like, Hey, like how do we really get these athletes out of this cortisone spike back down into a parasympathetic state as fast as possible? Um, and I think you covered them really well, you know, breathing meditation, you know, eating food actually is huge and then sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll, you know, that, that, that food, one of the things about food, um, the digestion, if their food hygiene isn't really good, uh, chewing your food, making sure it's, it's well chewed uh, before it goes down, um, that causes stress. People don't realize that causes a lot of stress in the internal organs. Yeah. And you're going to get cortisol spikes. Um, and if you go to bed with food in your stomach, it's gonna, you're going to have that, that if the digestion process slows down, so it's going to sit in your gut for a lot longer. And it's a stress on the system, so you're not going to get a good quality sleep. Yeah. Yeah, one of the, one of the things that, you know, we have, and I, you guys do, because you, you, the tactical athlete, if they work that third shift, that night, that overnight deal, um, I work with some, some nurses that do third shift. And their programming, it, I moved them out, of, I pulled them out of the group setting and stuck them on individual programming because it was too much on their central nervous system, the cortisol. Yeah. They were just, they, they were, you know, I had one just crying one time about it because it just wasn't going well and moved them to, moved her to an individual program and very successful with it uh, because we now we can, all right, she likes that intensity, but we can now put it on days that she's not pulling those third shifts. She yeah. can now, she can really benefit from it on this day, but then going into it, no, none of it. Let's just do some good aerobic work. And then let her move into that shift. And then during the shift, get some good strength work. She'll come in and do some strength work. And then low, low 70% effort aerobic work and then done. And then on her off days, maybe dose her a little bit with some intensity because she enjoys it. But that's it. Yeah, that's awesome. It, that's, I'll go for it, sorry. That, you know, because research shows that, that third shift individuals – you know, if they continue third shift for a very long time, their longevity, again, back to longevity, they're, they're not going to live as long. No. We know that. Research shows that. And we're trying to create a quality of life. And, you know, the nurses that I work with, you know, they're, 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 they don't want to be on that shift the entire, their entire life, but they have to, do, they have to go through the, the – the, they're, they're at the bottom of the chain. You know, they don't have seniority. So it, it takes time for them to get to the point where it's not that. And so we make sure that, you know, they can still move well. They're getting it. They're not getting that shock to the central nervous system. They're not having these issues. Their nutrition is on point so that when they do come off a third shift and be, get to be put back into real society and normal schedule, they can get into it and function properly. Yeah. That's, that's huge. You bring that whole thing up because we actually pushed, I actually pushed it a lot on the firefighters who do work that third shift style. Um, and the tactical athletes who have to be on ship or are on deployments and are working nighttime ops only. And then during the day, you know, they're just doing whatever. And we actually pushed that. I actually pushed that a lot. I'm like, look guys, if you get off a shift after 72 hours, that doesn't mean you go in the gym and just crush yourself. You just had yourself in a high sympathetic state of not sleeping, not eating, always on call, light sleeping because of the fact that you were ready to rock and roll. Now you're coming off of this. Get in the gym, do some aerobic work at 60, 65% with some movement work. Call it good for the day. If you have the next four days off, 
take that first day you get off of a 72-hour shift, get some light movement work in, light aerobic work in, go home, sleep. Yes. Come <laughs> back in, and then we'll go ahead and load you with some strength work. Maybe just increase the intensity a little bit around 70 75%. Next day, I'll go ahead and keep the strength there, but I'll, I'll up your intensity now because now we're two days after your 72 shift, and you're actually back to full you're back to your normal state of homeostasis that you should be at. Boom, we hit it. And then all of a sudden, all right, cool. Hey, I'm going to work in two days. All right, well, guess what the next day is going to be? It's going to be some light strength work and some lower volume work. Um, yes. and, and then go and do your stuff. Again, all I did was just, I just created a very small week of just, you know, of a low, medium, a high, and then a low, and then you're at work. Go yep. for it. Like, and I don't think a lot of coaches understand that. Like they don't, like they really don't see it that realm and understand like, and I wouldn't have never known this if I didn't live it. Right. Because yeah. I walked patrols a week at a time, didn't get to train, but I was up at nighttime, slept during the day here and there, make sure my athletes, make sure the students were good. I would come off and just go dig myself a hole for, for the next three, four weeks and then do it again. And I was wondering why I didn't see progression instead of taking the routes that I would take now. And I still do now. Right. Um, and it's just one of those things, you know, I tell these guys on the program right now on whatever program you're following guys, like if you're on the strength, stamina, competitive fitness for cross for softly, if you're coming off the 72 hour shift and you're look, you're still on the program, that doesn't mean you have to go and do it prescribed. Just go in there and get a small dose of stimulus of what it says. So if it says go to a five rep max back squat for the day, well, go to a five rep max, go to a five rep that is somewhat relative okay for you. That means if that means it's 185 for five reps and you call it good for the day, great. And it has a workout of like, let's say for, you know, 10 minute MRAP at, you know, let's just say it says 10 minute MRAP at 90% of, you know, 10 burpees, 10 lateral sandbag throws, 10 strict pull-ups, right? Hey, that doesn't mean you got to do that 90%. How about you just go ahead and turn that into like three rounds, rest two minutes after each round. Yep. And, and now what did we just do? All, I got you moving. You're controlled. Oh, what just happened? You there? Back on. All right, hey guys, sorry about that. I had a little uh, technical difficulty. But going back to what we we're talking about was, um, you know, having that athlete come off that 72-hour shift instead of just going in and just getting crushed by something, you know, be smart about it and approach it the right way. So this is kind of where, like, our realm of working with the individual athlete kind of comes into the group setting and being like, Hey guys. And it's funny. We talk about this cause like at the gym I'm training at now, um, I have a longtime friend that I've deployed with and worked with. He's gone through the ups and down. He's a prior event. He's doing really well now. And you know, he's crossfitting again in the gym. He owned his own CrossFit gym. He put two teams to regionals, uh, back in the day and had some really bad problems. But now it's like, now he comes in he's like, dude, I don't even RX workouts no more. I just focus on movement. I focus on just kind of getting my body back to normal. And, you know, really trying to push that to the tactical athlete because they can't understand that. And that's really where we're trying to go that realm right now is like, hey, it's okay to not go 100% today. You just were at work for, four, for three days. How about we just utilize going at like 70% effort for the day? Yeah, that's hard for them to get. Um, I tried with, with the nurses that I have. I tried the, the, hey, if the, you know, initially was if the workout – Go three rounds if it's an AMRAP. Take two minutes break after each round. Cut the weight back to 50% of your load, um, stuff like that. And because of the, because of the group setting, it, it, it challenged them. Yeah. You know, 
they, they were in a group and they were wanting, they, they just didn't want to let the group down, even though, you know, it, it's, they understand. And so that was one of the reasons why I mean, let's pull back. You know, this isn't, this isn't working. Let's pull back. Let's go to ID and let's wait until something improves. Either you, you come off third shift or you're ready to go back into the other, into the other one. Um, but you know, for, for individuals that, that do that or work second shift, even second shift, and they go in late at night or get off late at night, you know, they they have a lot of those, those cortisol disruptions and you know, that high intensity that has to be really, really programmed efficiently for them to be successful with it. So, you know, especially with you, your guys. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, and that's the reason like, you know, and at the end of the day, it's just trying to bring awareness. So, um, but dude, I, you know, I think we're coming up on time for the podcast. Um, cool. and, and I really do appreciate you taking your time out of your, out of your vacation right now with Tara and, and bug. Uh, I know you're enjoying Madison this weekend. It's going to be fun. I actually saw some of the workouts so far and I'm like, I think it's going to be really sweet. This is going to be a really good year for the games. I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see the schedule. They, they're, they're running everything together now. Yep. Uh, the, the teens and the masters and the individuals. And I really am interested to see how that works. Um, as I have, I've got friends that are, uh, we have a young man that's, uh, he's a teen, 14. It's in it. Uh, he trains out of CrossFit Rutherford, I believe. Um, his mother uh, is also a master. So his son and mom made it. Um, and I'm really, you know, their dad, Chris, like looking at the schedule going, okay, well he's got to work out here and he's doing this, but she's got to work out here. And I think it goes at this time and you know, are the schedules going to be able, are you going to be able to see everything that you want to see? Um, as in the past, the masters and teams would come in early and go two or three days before. And then the, then the open and all the individuals, everybody, you know, they come in after. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be interesting. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to them racing around that uh, bike course. <laughs> yeah. The, the water's not uh, as rough. No, not either. Uh, it's here. So, um, you know, I've, I've, I've been out here to where I saw the lakes and uh, the, they're not as rough. They're, they're nice and, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited uh, to see what these times are for the run, swim, run, dude. I mean, we do run, swim, runs all the time in the Marine Corps. And I think, you know, the time that we wanted, it was a, it was a mile and a half, 500 meter swim but it was a 500 meter fin. So it wasn't a swim into a mile and a half uh, time cap on that was 60 minutes. And we were having guys, you know, I think my fastest time at that time period when I was just an instructor with the students, I always used to lead them. Um, I think my fastest was like around uh, like right around under 40 minutes. Or so wow, 42 minutes, you know, I was running a mile and a half in about like 10 minutes around 11 minutes at a time frame, jumping with the fins. And I was a very fast finner. Um, as you notice, my hips are very powerful, yes. so <laughs> my fins were super fast. So I'm able to swim 500 meters in the in the pool, 500 no problem. Get out and get back on the run. Um, you know, I was swimming 500 meters with fins on within, you know, right under seven minutes, six minutes. So you know that was you know able to get out and go after it. So I'm excited to see how these go with the run some run. I'm, you know, I'm expecting guys sub 45s. Yeah, that'd you know. be good. There's, you know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I like the bike. Uh, a lot of places out here bike. Uh, they actually have a trail 
that runs through the entire, like the middle of Madison. That's a bike trail. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It goes straight through. Um, we have a friend that lives here that we went out to dinner last night with and she showed us downtown and she just said that, yeah, it goes from, I believe east to west. It goes right through Madison. So, you know, people come down here, they can, uh, take the bike trail runs across yeah. the city. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the snatch event. And also seeing these guys go do a full two days in endurance and then come in the next day. And I, uh, you know, with the way CrossFitters are nowadays, dude, like that warms them up for one rep max snatches. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, some C 300, 315. Yeah. I am. Yeah. After doing a, a run, some run and a bike and then O course also. Yeah. Um, so, but awesome. So Dennis, if they get, a, if anybody wanted to get a hold of you and ask you questions, um, obviously I don't know if you're taking on any remote athletes, um, you know, anything, I don't know, you know, you can do, you know, however you need to, but, they can't really can where can they find you and some of your content that you're putting out if you're putting any out at all? Um, at CrossFit Talon, uh, Talon SOF, School of Fitness. Uh, you can reach me at Dennis at TalonSOF.com. Uh, um, you know, that's probably the best way. I'm not, I'm, I mean, George, you know, I'm 50 years old. I'm not uh, uh, app tech savvy. Uh, you know, I have an Instagram page, I don't post videos, I don't post pictures. Um, you have a Facebook page. It's all, it's business. Um, you know, we do a, we do a, a podcast out of our, uh, gym and it's, it's, it's talent talks. It's basically all the stuff that goes on within our box and then within the community of, of middle Tennessee. And we put out good information. Um, our coaches write blogs and put out stuff. So, uh, either CrossFit talent or talent SOF. Uh, the website, there's some information on there. It's really good. Um, that's pretty much it. Awesome, dude. Well, thanks again for your time, dude. And, I, and like I said, appreciate it very much, man. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. Awesome. It's good, it's good talking to you. Good seeing you. All right. You too, buddy. <laughs> All right. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.